Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant good Saturday howdy to you, Harry Alexander and Bunker de France here. Howdy. On Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. We were not with you last week. Because we were both at the Empire Ranch Cowboy Festival. Had a great time there. Had a wonderful time. And the week before that, we had our uh, Patrick Wayne interview. So, uh, there you go. We're finally alive. We're alive. We we have been alive. (laughs) Just barely is is absolutely correct. But we're getting a little late start, and we apologize for that. It was technical. Stuff happens. Boogaboos. Stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, especially around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, some housekeeping stuff. Our guest today is uh, author John Lane. He's uh, residing in Dallas at the moment, and he's got a novel out called uh, The uh, Gunslinger. A story, story of, of the, the Old West. West. It's a novel. It's a pretty doggone thick novel, too. And That's uh, because it's full of good stuff, Harry. Well, all right. And see, that's why you get the assignment to read the books. Yeah, I know. You just, you just, yeah, you pass the book. I pass the book. Well, you know, got to pass something. Yeah. Better that than gas. Well, I've passed a few things lately that I shouldn't even talk about. John, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Well, well thank, thank you for having me. me. I'm, I'm doing, doing real well. well. You know, before we get going, I want to do a little internal housekeeping kind of thing. Uh, every once in a while, I like to kind of mention some of the people from the movie industry that I worked with or that I knew that have passed away recently. And it's kind of what I call looking back on. And in the last quarter or so, we lost Jan Merlin at 74, Robert Forster at 78, Peter Fonda at 79, Sig Haig at 80, Carol Lindley at 77, and Art Carmichael at 90. And Art was a stuntman, so that's... You know, special consideration there for me. Seems like stuntmen live a long life besides, after getting beat up in film. Well, you, see, the reason for that is because you get so beat up that when you get older, you can't move. So <laughs> nothing happens to you. Must be. Must be. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a great show, I think. I really enjoyed the book. Uh, uh, let's talk about John before we talk about the book. Do Otherwise, so. you know, we'll... Doing in there. I'm merely the facilitator here, so you. Um, You're the facilitator. I, I've been called many things. You but are that's silly not one of them. <laughs> Okay, well let's see. What do we want to hear? I had a. Oh, I, 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 I came across the thing there, and it sounded like it might be kind of a a motto for you: saddles and spurs forever. Yes. yes. What's the story behind that? Well, well that, that was something, something that, that uh, you, know, you know when, when I was. was I was, I was thinking, thinking about, about uh, having a tagline, basically, basically. and uh, uh, when, when when the, the book uh, actually uh, came back, back from the publisher, I, I started thinking about, you know, what was important to me and, and what I wanted to uh, project uh, out there, you know, just in a real brief tagline, and, and uh, I came up with that, and I really liked it. Matter of fact, I came up with that in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I, I, I thought about it, and, and, and you know, it kind of, you know, floated through my mind, and I thought, oh, yeah, I, I've got to write this down, uh, yeah. something that I really like. Uh, I really enjoy horseback riding. I, I ride every chance I get, and, you know, I keep my spurs in the truck, and they rattle around, and I just thought, you know what, uh, saddle and spurs forever just sound really good, so uh, I, I went with it. Yeah. Well, I have, I have a question uh, concerning that, then, because you sound like the kind of fellow that uh, might just walk into a saloon with his spurs on, but when you get home, I'm pretty sure the missus makes you take them off. Oh yeah, I, I don't dare wear them in the house. Uh, like <laughs> I say, I I keep them out. Uh, I keep them out in the truck, and uh, you know there there are times when I get back from the ranch where you know uh, my wife will tell me she'll say, okay, you can just drop those clothes right there at the laundry room. <laughs> uh, you know, not nice and supportive, huh? <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> That's her. That's her, That's the wife's job to make yep. sure you don't wear spurs. Yep. Yep. Put them up on the coffee table. That's right. You know, it just you get a little class in the life. Boy, I'd really get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. Uh, 
I know you're not supposed to ask the size of a fella's spread, but uh, I'm, I'm from the way you talk, it sounds like you've got a horse or two. Oh, I wish I did, but uh, no, I, I don't. Uh, I've got uh, a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, he, uh, his name is Bob Dorn. He runs the Circle D Ranch up in North Texas here, and uh, he's, uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I've been riding with him for uh, quite some time, several years now, right. and uh, I, I, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't taken the plunge and, and you know, purchased my own horse or horses yet. Uh, I really, really would like to do that, but uh, haven't done that yet. So uh, I, I ride, uh, I ride his horses out there right. at his ranch. Right. Hey, you know, there's a, a variety of rescue places around, uh, around the, around the country, and. One of them is one, uh, a sponsor of us, a horse and around rescue down in the Hereford area, and Steve Boyce down there. Um, he, he's got tons of uh, uh, equines and mules and whatnot, and horses, uh, and too. horses down there. So uh, <laughs> you know that's always a possibility to adopt one of those horses and take take them uh, take it uh, with. It's good. It's good you mentioned that. Uh, there's a uh, there's a horse rescue uh, oh about 25 minutes from my place here called Throwaway Ponies, and mm-hmm. uh, it uh, it is a uh, a rescue that does a lot of good work there. And uh, I hope to within the next week or so go out and meet with the owner and see if uh, I can't uh, partner up with uh, her and her organization. And uh, maybe do a little book signing out there, and uh, you know, become uh, in- involved with her there organization. You there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly a very right. smart way to go. Yeah, yeah because that way you get to know the horses, and then you, you, you see, see one there that you really, really connect, connect with. with you know, you just, then you know yeah, you're going to get, get a good, good horse. horse. That's great. Have you have you done a roundup or anything like that? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't uh, had the time to do that. I, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, depending upon the point of view, I still have a day job uh, <laughs> where I'm working full-time uh, for a, uh, a statewide police agency here. So I'm, I'm still handling that, and uh, I'm writing, uh, well, it's, it's almost two full-time jobs now, really. I, say, <laughs> yeah. I, I really say that I, I don't write part-time anymore. I'm, I'm putting in... Uh, quite a few hours, but boy, I tell you, the hours writing just fly by for me. I enjoy it so much. There you go. There you go. That, that's a very smart way to go. Yeah, yep. because that way you get to know the horses, and if you you see one there that you really connect with, you know, you then you know you're going to get a good horse. That's great. Have you have you done a roundup or any anything like that? Are you a te- you're not a Texas Ranger, are you? I am not a Texas Ranger. Okay. No. Okay. He's not Walker. No, no, uh, nothing like that. <laughs> no, I was just going to mention. I was just going to mention uh, with, with with Texas. We're airing uh, old time radio shows after this program. An hour after this program ends on our radio channel VOW Radio, and uh, the the shows that we've been running are the Cisco Kid and uh, the Adventures of uh, the Tales, Tales of the Texas Rangers, yes. starring Joel McRae, and uh, uh, so. Uh, really good uh, following with that, and and so uh, it's a great program too. So well, you've you've been what around a quarter century in law enforcement, is that right? Well, actually, I'm uh, in my 39th year now. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, That's believe awesome. it or not. Uh, yeah, I started with the Houston Police Department way back in 1981, and I'm still kicking around in the business. After uh, I retired for the first time back in 2012. And uh, decided to uh, uh, stay with that uh, that career path, and uh, I'm still uh, I'm still toying around with it. But Good. you know, the more the more popular Gunslingers becomes, and I just finished the rewrite on book number two, and I'm fixing to send that to the publisher. So uh, the more the more I can uh, uh, get interest in uh, my books, uh, the better chance of me uh, becoming a full time writer. Uh, well, this is the most obvious question, probably, because so much of writing uh, is experiential, you know, from your person's life, even though a lot of times we're not aware of it. And I'm, th- and I'm thinking, you know, with, with the law enforcement career, there's just such a rich uh, source of incidents that can be adapted into stories, you know, just replaced in time and character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that's absolutely correct. I, I've had a number of people that 
you know, when they found out uh, when Gunslingers was was first released, uh, the first part of last month, and several several people knew that you know it was coming, uh, you know, to to uh, a bookstore near you, but uh, they thought that. I automatically would write a police detective thriller, right. you know, because of uh, you know all the decades that I've been involved in that uh, you know career path, and and believe me, I have a couple of those books, uh, you know, uh, in my mind uh, yeah. that I can I can base on you know my own career, but uh, you know the western genre is just uh, so rich and and so important to me, and and I enjoy it so much. It's such a passion. I grew yeah. up with it. And uh, it was it was kind of a natural thing for me to get outside my real career path, actually, and, you know, move into, you know, what is so passionate for me. And uh, I did move many of my personal experiences in law enforcement into this genre. And, uh, you know, the uh, the characters, a couple of characters in here are lawmen, of course. My primary character is a U.S. Deputy Marshal, so I have that connection with uh, mm-hmm. with my characters. Well, you know, it, it's 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 interesting too because if you you think uh, the people in your lives they're reflected in you know in in your writing and stuff, whether whether it's a you know the guys that are the really snarly guys, they leave impressions, little little nuggets of of character of of, of what you know. I can't I can't really think of the right word for it, but it's just kind of an essence that is universal and timeless. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Uh, the uh, the villain in this book, uh, Jack Riker, is is kind of a a compilation of a number of different bad guys, outlaws that Mm -hmm. really spans generations. I mean, he is in the old West. He he is uh, a gunfighter in, in this book, but uh, yeah, he, he, he depicts behavior of, you know, a mash of, of different uh, types of outlaws and, Mm -hmm. and criminal types, if you will. And uh, that's, that's very true. Well, I suspect I suspect that given your background in law enforcement, I'm sure you've nabbed a bunch of bad guys, and so you can uh, no, relate just, a lot of those characters. He goes little old ladies and walkers, right, right. Yeah, but those, they're packing. <laughs> and those, those kinds of characters and uh, bring them to life in, in, your, uh, in your book. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, have, uh, I have a number of different uh, uh, examples to, to reach back on and... Uh, and bring forward into uh, my writing of today. Well, going back a little further, uh, I kind of get the impression that your writing career probably started in school because I, I saw where you had written for uh, a couple of years on the college paper. And uh, I know that has to have to do an awful lot, you know, because I know, you know, also, you know, as, as a, as a officer, you have you're constantly filling out reports and having to to put in detail and uh, be so specific. Uh, whereas the average person writing something down just kind of glosses it. So you know your attention to detail, especially in covering sports, you, you know it seems to me like I see I see a pattern of detail orientation in your life. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct and a great observation. Uh, my my writing does go back, uh, really, to uh, my high school days. Mm-hmm. I, I I wrote a little bit uh, uh, in in high school and uh, had uh, a couple of things uh, mentioned in a local newspaper and so forth. But it, it really got serious when I got into college, and and I really got to college a little bit later in life because I went right from. Uh, high school, I, I took a couple of criminal justice classes in college, and then I started my law enforcement career at the age of 20, uh, uh-huh. as I mentioned, with the Houston Police Department. So uh, a little bit later in life, you know, after I, I uh, attended what I used to call the University of HPD, the Houston Police Department, the real school, that's right, I, I got back uh, to uh, to academia and uh, I, uh, I started writing a little bit uh, in college uh, on the creative side, and, and really what happened was I, I had a, an assignment in a marketing class, uh, and it was a simple assignment. The professor said, you know, I want you to write a feature article 
on a topic of your choice. And I chose uh, sports, baseball. I had been a baseball player as a youth, and I had coached uh, high school varsity and collegiate-level baseball and so forth. So I went ahead and I wrote a historical piece on, on baseball and uh, turned it in and got it back, got a nice little grade on it. But more importantly, there was a note attached to it, and the professor asked, would you like this published? Hmm. And I was like, well, wow, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that good. I, I thought it was, you know, a nice, a nice article, a nice paper, you know, for college. But, you know, so I responded. I said, of course, I would be interested in, in having it published. And sure enough, with the professor's assistance, that feature article got published. And it led me to two years of being a sports editor for uh, an online, uh, you know, news paper, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I started honing some of my professional writing skills in that oh. area. And uh, that, of course, led to a couple other things. I became a, uh, an independent uh, writer and uh, got a couple of uh, articles published in, in national magazines and so forth. So that's really where my my professional writing started. And then uh, finally, uh, about four years ago, really, uh, I was sitting around lamenting about, uh, you know, this book I had in me and how I really wanted to uh, start writing a book. And, and my wife said, well, stop talking about it and do something about it. And Your wife sounds, sounds like, like, like You know what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, I like it. So I took a, uh, I took a novel writing class uh, at a local community college here and uh, met up with uh, an author who was teaching it and and got to know him real well, and, and that's the, what started Gunslingers. Uh, I started writing this book uh, as part of that little class, and, and it took off from there. And it took three years to, to write Gunslingers, uh, partly because I was only writing part-time, but mm -hmm. also partly because I had a, had a lot of research to do and so forth. I was pretty meticulous about, uh, you know, wanting things to be accurate, historically accurate and so forth. Even though it is a novel, uh, there are characters in the book that are actual characters, real characters and so forth, that, mm -hmm. uh, real individuals that, that were in 1877 North Texas Indian Territory back when this uh, book takes place. So uh, th there was a lot of that. Uh, that I needed to do, write down, talking about being very meticulous and, and so forth. Uh, it was very accurate. Uh, I, uh, mm -hmm. I had to research, you know, write down to uh, what women's garments were called mm -hmm. and, and what, you know, what did they wear, you know, in that time period and so forth. So having the history. Yeah, having the history it, it, uh, intertwined with the novel is, is extremely important. I mean, you don't want Bat Masterson flying in on uh, uh, in his uh, uh, Learjet to uh, uh, take care of things, right? Yeah. That, that puts it way Kawasaki, out. Kawasaki, yeah. yeah. Um, we well, got to we got to do our first commercial break here. We're talking with author John Lane. He's in Dallas, Texas. The book is Gunslingers, a story of the Old West. We'll That's talk, right. We'll be talking with him more about the book. And, we will. There we go. And how we, uh, what that book is all about right after these very important messages. Do stay tuned. Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper 
run your business. Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. I'm Miss Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, friends. This is Laura Darnell the host of Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from its rich past. Each episode will cover a person, place, or event from Kansas City's history. Homegrown KC can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. For additional information about the show, please visit my website, homegrownkc.wordpress.com. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. The old gunfighter stood on the porch and stared into the sun and relived all the old days back when he was living by the gun. When deadly games of pride were played and living was mistakes not made. And the thought of the smell of the black powder smoke And the stand in the street at the turn of the joke The thought of the smell of the black powder smoke And the stand in the street at the turn of the joke I thought a little Johnny Cash there would be uh, You can never go wrong with Johnny Cash Coming back from the commercial break Because he walks the line Well, with the gunfighter ballad there Yes, it is Our uh, guest is John Lane We're talking about his book, Gunslingers, uh, Story of the Old West Do you know, uh, John, I I, I picked up on your mentioning that you're doing when you're doing your research and that you were researching the what the women in that period wore, does that mean that you're planning on mentioning their unmentionables? <laughs> that's that's why they're unmentionables. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, not really. Uh, not, not in uh, book one, anyway. Um, the uh, I, I've I've been asked about that a couple of times, but uh, no, no, just uh, you know, in in conversation, there's a there's a prominent scene in the book where um, Elizabeth Thornton, one of the uh, primary characters, is talking with some of the other ladies in town before she uh, boards a stagecoach and and heads to Canyon Creek in search of uh, her father's ex uh, partner in. Uh, in the, in the marshal's office, Ben Chance, and and they're talking about uh, you know women's garments and and things. So I, I wanted that uh, scene to right. you know of course be accurate uh, because as it's turned out, uh, I've had a number of uh, women read uh, the book. Uh, it was actually uh, the book of the month for October in uh, the uh, Sun Creek uh, Book Club uh, here sure. in. Uh, yeah, in in North Dallas uh, and such, and and uh, that was an enlightening experience. I, I was uh, a guest speaker for that book club, and it was real good for me to have the feedback uh, from the lady readers uh, to see, you know, how they liked it, and you know what was good, what wasn't good, and and so mm-hmm. forth. And and much to my delight, uh, the the women loved it. They they said that uh, even though they weren't uh, Western genre, you know, readers, at least they didn't feel they were, uh, they gave this book a chance, and uh, they really, really enjoyed it, and they found that uh, the Western genre isn't uh, such a stretch, uh, well, you, you know, for their their reading library. Right, right. Well, you know, if you, if you look, if actually, if you go back and you look at the history of the Western novel, uh, starting, you know, it will start with before even uh, Owen Weiser, but... Uh, they were considered Western romances. That's uh, the early Zane Greys and Weissers uh, in the literary circles. They were they were capitalized under under Western romance, 
And uh, the main reason was because that was the, the biggest part of their reading audience. Mm-hmm. That and a few old grizzled Westerners. Westerners, uh, that's a new word for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of, of old timers, uh, I noticed uh, you had a list of people that had influenced you, and you date yourself because of these are all people that influenced me and Harry. Uh, but you, I'm just going to run through, and then you can comment on them as you like. But John Ford, Howard Hawks, John Wayne, James Stewart, Clint Eastwood, some kid that's creeped in there, uh, and writers like Louis Moore, Zane Gray, and C.J. Box, a more more contemporary writer. And you know, I know the influences are important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're enormously important. And, uh, you know, it, it really, it, it stems from, you know, my parents being huge Western genre fans. And, uh, you know, so I, of course, grew up in, in a one-television household. Uh, and, <laughs> you and know, white. whatever, you know, whatever, yeah, black and white early on. And uh, whatever, whatever mom and dad, or particularly dad, wanted to watch is what the family watched. And, and fortunately for me, both my uh, mother and father were huge Western fans and huge John Wayne fans, and uh, so that's uh, that's what I grew up on, and and uh, big influence for me, uh, you know, from the actor side, uh, Wayne, and and later on Clint Eastwood and so forth, Jimmy Stewart, uh, but you know, I also I, I delved a little deeper into it, and I really really enjoyed the directors uh, that. Uh, you know, were so prominent in many of the Western films mm-hmm. that I grew up on, and of course John Ford, and and in addition to uh, uh, the uh, the the directors you mentioned, uh, Henry Hathaway was another one that. How about William Wellman? William Wellman, another yeah. another great name, mm-hmm. absolutely, just another great name in in the genre and and outside the genre too, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so those those were big time influences, and then uh, you know uh, we we've got uh, a contemporary writer in C.J. Box uh, writing about uh, you know the modern day uh, West up in Wyoming and so forth. And that's a, that's that's growing in the genre now. That's getting uh, some of the most popular Western novels out there are actually the contemporary Western novels. Yeah, we had a, a fellow on a couple shows back who did a contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Hollywood is starting to toy around a little bit again with uh, a contemporary West. Uh, with uh, There's a popular TV show now, I think it's on Paramount, uh, called Yellowstone. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. That's gaining a, a lot of traction. And, of course, you know, delving back to uh, Deadwood, yeah. uh, that was a very popular show uh, and so forth. So, yeah, Hollywood is, is you know, I, I, I said in a recent interview I had uh, on another show, I said, you know, I was asked, do you think the Western genre is making a comeback? And, and I don't know if I'm willing to go that far just yet as far as Hollywood's concerned, but they're toying around with it. And uh, there have been some, some very good uh, uh, entries uh, mm-hmm. here in the Western genre recently uh, that at least I've enjoyed. And, uh, you know, we, we've got... Down outside of Austin, uh, we, we've got an entire brand new western town was built uh, just recently uh, so that Hollywood could do some additional filming. Uh, and that tells you the demand for the western mm-hmm. set is, is definitely uh, gaining because uh, you know, of this brand new western town that uh, they're, they're filming the, the yeah, the the remake of the Magnificent Seven, the the most recent one, uh, was shot down there, and uh, yeah, well, a yeah. couple of uh, shows are, are are still filmed down that way. Well, you know, I spent thirty years in the picture business as a professional stuntman, and and I've I've made a life of studying it and just coming from you know that kind of background to begin with. Just you know, uh, but one of the things that I've observed is that you know. A Western movie is really hard to get off the ground because all of the big studios, they they want the Marvel movie, and that's what the distributors want. And they, the guys keep trying to sell a big Western, and I think that the secret, and, and, it's, and it's where it's really happening, is the television long-form Westerns. Whether it's a whether it's a, a series or a mini series, or like a two-part feature, 
but you know you can really tell the story well which which is, for me segues into your book and reading the book i looked at this and i thought you know if somebody who had this book and they were converting it into a script they would love you because the way you've structured it uh laid it out and the way the characters are developed uh most of his work would be done it would just be a matter of, of transitioning it it's just a very i think it would very well fit into a, a into a, like a mini series or even a two part feature you know because I think it should the link should be in. Yeah, I, I would I would love that. Uh, I've I've got my my public relations uh, firm has uh, contacted a number of uh, folks, uh, celebrities uh, in uh, the movie industry, and and uh, I know I've sent out a number of books to uh, some high profile uh, actors and actresses. So mm-hmm. uh, that would be nice. That that would be that would really be nice. And I've had several of my readers tell me that. As they read through the book, they felt like they were watching a movie, right. and that's a huge compliment to me. I just because that's what I was trying to create when I wrote the book. Uh, I, I wanted that that type of experience for my reader, and to have my readers tell me that is is just very satisfying. One of the things that I did when I was still living in California <laughs> to make a few extra bucks, I would work as a reader, and I. I lived for a couple of years in Victor French's guest house, and that's how I got into it. Is he asked me to find to find some stuff for him and Michael Landon, but it's, it's, I've, I've got into habit now uh, subconsciously when I'm reading of thinking, oh yeah, oh yeah, that would be Sam Elliott, that would be uh, <laughs> Wilford Brimley, and this oh this would be shot down in Mescal, and it's funny because. This book would fit the southern Arizona area around the Empire Ranch where Harry and I have been involved in the San Rafael Valley down there where they shot McClintock and some of the big westerns, Marty Walsh and stuff like that. And it's that kind of country. And it's, just, and it's also Texas country, too. <laughs> sure, sure. It, 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 I think it would fit in there really, really well, absolutely. We're talking with author John Lane and about his book, Gunslingers, a story of the Old West. And you can find this book virtually any place. Amazon is one of the other, one of the better places where you can find that. We've got to take a break here and be back with much more here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these very important messages. <laughs> property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan where he received a bronze star for heroism and a purple heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. 
Go to legion.org slash honorveterans to find out how you can help. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movies Outs podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movies Outs podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movies Out podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movies Out. Until then, and that's a wrap. Sermonalitos in jail in Nogales. I had heard he was wanted there for several charges. My son does not do things in half measures. Sebastian, they're going to execute him. They have a firing wall set up. <sighs> I suppose I always knew he would end up like that. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West Saturday for us. Who knows what day it is for you, unless you're listening. Or what year for that? Or yeah, but it is a Saturday for us anyway. And John, I got to tell you, we we have to play the, or I have to play the uh, right. high chaparral theme here, uh, coming out at the bottom of the hour break because if I don't. De France walks. That's you can right. See, he did fifty-two of those things there, and probably was in that episode that uh, we just heard from uh, uh, um, between Blue and um, yeah, Mono's father. <laughs> I can't think of his name now. His father? You Mon- mean Henry Silva? No, no, no. no. Mon- Mono, Mono's, yeah, yeah. Mono's father. Yeah, it wasn't Henry Silva. No, Senior Monolito. Ma- Ma- Montoya. <laughs> Montoya. That's it. There we go. Anyway. Yes. So How are, that's the name of that tune. Well, you know, John, I've, I've, I'm one of these people that I I pick on sores. You know, if you got a yes, scab, I yes, pick on it. Yes, he does. And <laughs> there's there's a thing in the book, and I got a feeling that it was the either the publisher or the proofreader, because early on in the book you mention. Uh, that uh, crazy horses died, and it's great because what it does is it sets it, it exactly tells you when the book when the story is taking place because he died in the uh, the fifth of September, so that means it's in the autumn, and it all fits into that. But then in two places later on, they mentioned that Cochise was killed by the by the soldiers. And I got, and I know, I know that's supposed to have, supposed to have been Crazy Horse, because one Cochise died in seventeen uh, eighteen seventy four, and he died about ten a.m. in the morning. Natural causes of natural causes, a bad stomach. But uh, and I'm blaming I'm blaming the publisher. I'm there not you blaming go. you, John. Right. You're you're absolved. But were you aware of that? Uh, no, I, I actually uh, that hadn't been brought to my attention. Uh, there there are a couple of. Uh, of uh, points in the book that uh, have been brought to my attention, and, and I'm glad you did that because uh, I'll put that down uh, on a list here. Uh, but that, that definitely should have been, yeah. That that should have been uh, that should have been a crazy horse there. Yeah, my feeling is probably a proofreader was reading that, and you know they read Crazy Horse and that's fine, and then they got later on and they went, 
oh no, it must have been Cochise. You know, it must have been. And just wrote it without fact checking it. Yeah. And then repeated it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are those are things that uh, I, uh, you know, when, when I when I see that and when I hear that, you know, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> it makes you cringe. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. You know, after being, uh, you know, like I said, doing so much research and and that on there, so. I like the cover uh, of this book. Uh, you know, the, the the font is set in an old style uh, type, and I love the picture of the solo cowboy with the saguaro riding off into yeah. the dust. Saguaro in North Texas. You know, that's one of those Hollywood saguaros get around. It, uh, John Ford was famous for that. He planted yeah. them up at Monument Valley frequently. Oh, yeah. He'd sway and, in the wind. They, they, too. They had full grown, <laughs> they had full grown saguaros that were about four feet I tall. I know. Yeah, but they were perspective <laughs> perspective saguaros. That's right. <laughs> uh, the magic of Hollywood. <laughs> I yeah, you know. One of the things too was kind of neat. I, I was I was looking stuff up on you, and I came across uh, one of your little pieces, Stagecoach at eighty. Uh, you know, you're, and I thought that was very well written, and and because I'm super, I'm super critical about movie stuff because it just it's played such an important part in my life, and that is it's it's a class article it really is thank you thank you very much and the other thing that i liked was a chance meeting the legend of luxton danner uh because i read that before i had actually read the book and and it was like you know i got into that part of the book and i thought how neat you know this is it was like a little preview yeah that that was uh, designed specifically for my website as as a backstory uh, to the uh, to Luxton Danner, you know where he comes yeah. from, basically, and and uh, you know the the title, of course, is is you know it, it has a dual meaning uh, to it, a chance meeting, and and where he meets Ben Chance for the first time, and uh, just uh, just published today uh, on the website is the backstory now of Wes Payne. Oh, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, look that up. It's called Presidio. And uh, that's uh, that's where uh, John Duncan actually uh, becomes West Payne, and yeah. uh, that's a little bit of a of a giveaway, uh, you know, a, a, a spoiler alert uh, for gunslingers. But uh, that uh, that's a story now that will delve a little further into uh, West Payne's background. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about your work too, as well is is that you don't you know a lot of uh, writers they they'll just throw a whole bunch of information at you uh, to get it out of the way and you just you just let it kind of organically reveal itself as the story moves along well, that's telling a story well, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's what that's, it's about that's what makes it interesting yeah. and you know you're just you're you're learning things about the character and the other thing that i like because it's not a it's not a, wisp, a mystery uh there's not a red herrings in there you know uh Riker is not a red herring. I mean, that's that's a ploy. Mm -hmm. And what a great what a great villain too. I mean, this guy is like you know, he's like he's like a Bruce Dern or something. You know, you can imagine Roy Barcroft. In yeah. The, uh, oh yeah. Or Jackie. Glenn Lim. Strange. Or Glenn Strange. Yeah. Jackie Lum. Yeah. Some of the old timers. <laughs> yeah. Right. I I know them old timers. <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite? You got, you got a favorite? Favorite Western actor? Fa yeah, favorite uh, old Western actor or uh, character. Old geezers? An yeah. old geezer? Yeah, old geezers. <laughs> We're old geezers. You know, my my hero is still John Wayne. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. I, I think I I own, I think, just about every film that, that he ever <laughs> appeared in, going all the way back to, well, I don't have Mother McCree. That's... Uh, that's a, a silent <laughs> film, but boy, yeah. I, I tell you, I, I go back all the way to uh, uh, you know the sixty-minute uh, shorts uh, mm -hmm. that uh, that he did and so forth uh, with uh, Gabby Hayes and and some of the other. Hey, you're intruding here, John. It's a good choice. And and, this, and singing Sandy the Cowboy. <laughs> Singing Sandy the Cowboy, who only appeared one time, really Thankfully. singing. Uh, because and that was actually Bill Bradbury doing yeah, the singing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is what's so neat, because I'm a pre-war baby, so uh, when television came along, the early days of television, they were playing all of the 
first sound westerns, you know, the, uh, the, the ones that they don't play anymore, unfortunately. And so I grew up on, you know, the, the monograms and the Lone Pine westerns, the early Waynes, Buck Jones, Joe Bryant. But the neat part is I was seeing them at the same age that my dad saw them in the theaters. Wow. <laughs> and that's so neat. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that that's an that's an awesome experience. That's that's really really uh, mm-hmm. important uh, for those of us in this genre, anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, let's 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 play with this a little bit. Let's do some casting uh, for some of your characters here now. Uh, let's start out because uh, like I think the hardest part to cast always is the is the women in a western. Have you got anybody that you visualize as Elizabeth? Even though maybe they're a little older now and couldn't play it, but if in their prime could have. Well, you know, I, I've I was asked that uh, I, I've been asked that a number of times, and and Elizabeth is, is a little bit of a mystery uh, as far as casting goes. Uh, I, I really I didn't have an old time actress in mind so much for Elizabeth uh, as I did Rachel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel uh, is is uh, she's she's described basically as Maureen O'Hara. Uh, yeah, yeah, one of my all time yeah. favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she uh, Maureen O'Hara. Maureen O'Hara in her prime, I think, uh, you know, would have been an uh, an excellent uh, yeah. Rachel Christine Brennan, uh, the uh, the the love interests uh, of Ben Chance. Yeah. Well, um, that, but uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is uh, she's somewhat of uh, mysterious uh, as far as a, an old time actress. Think uh, of this I, I can think of a couple. I, I can think of you know re- recent actresses here. Uh, I think Jennifer Lawrence would yeah. uh, would be a good choice. She would uh, for Elizabeth. Yeah, uh, I, I I like her a great deal. And there's a couple of others out there that uh, I think would would do well. Uh, also, well, think think of, of the old time actress Virginia Mayo, fiery, beautiful, uh, could hold her own. I get, of course, she's one of my favorites, so that's, that's prejudice there. We're going to take a break on this one here and come back with uh, casting this book <laughs> <laughs> for a movie, Gunslingers. It's by John Payne. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, and uh, I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. We'll be back with much more right after this. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, pipe stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. VOW Radio There was a gun that won the West There was a man the fastest gun or man alive. A lightning bolt when he knew that bolt. 45. He carried the message. 
We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France. Our guest is John Lane. The book is Gunslingers, Story of the Old West. And we're casting the uh, the book there. Well, you know, for just a second, because you played the theme from Colt 45. I did. And one of the guns that played a prominent part in the story here was the Russian 45. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so neat because, you know, almost everything is... Colt and Winchester in the movies and in the books, and you know, Emil would have loved this. Yeah, you know, I, I before John gets we get to John on that. I, I saw this program. Uh, Ian, the guy we had on with uh, uh, Forgotten Weapons mm-hmm. a while back, he's got a, a show on Amazon uh, oh. Prime, and it's on historic weapons of the Old West. This particular episode, and he was talking about he did, never once mentioned a Colt forty five. Never. I mean, he <laughs> talked about Sam Colt, yeah. but the the guns of the West that he thought, it was uh, uh, Mer- Merwin, I think? Probably Stars, because st- Stars yeah. were, they were the cheapest you could find just about, and so yeah. everybody had a yeah. star, yeah. and, and, and it fit the pocket. Very, very little mention of, of Colt, except for, for the, the, the history the history of Colt. Yeah. So, anyway, back to John now. But anyway, I think I thought that was great. Uh, why did you choose the, the Russian? Because that that really, to me, stood out. Well, the reason that I chose the Russian, chose the Russian was exactly what you just said. It stood out. And uh, I, I wanted to have uh, Luxton Danner, the, the, the primary character, I wanted him to stand out uh, in a couple of different ways. And uh, his choice of weapon uh, was, was one of the ways I wanted him to stand out. So I, I did uh, my research on that, and, and I looked into some of the other less popular weapons of the time, and uh, I came across that, that Russian uh, weapon, and uh, I, I just I loved it. And I thought, well, yeah, this is, this is, some, this <laughs> is a gun that uh, a six foot six, two forty five cowboy yeah. uh, would carry because you know the Russians were they were notoriously heavy. They they were big. They were heavy, and uh, the the gunfighters of the day back then they didn't care for them too much, primarily because of the way that the hammer shroud was. It it sort of got in the way of the hammer, mm-hmm. and uh, so it, it was it was considered. Uh, not a choice weapon uh, for a lot of the uh, the gunfighters, if you will, because they couldn't get to that hammer easily enough. But uh, but Luxton Danner, he's uh, he's he's special, so yes. he, he's able to handle that weapon, and uh, that's why he's carrying them. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of the things that I hope in your future <clears throat> writing that some of these characters <clears throat> that you've created will somehow or another slip in for a page or two or maybe a chapter or two or maybe even a whole book because there's just they're great characters you know and they're like they're guy they're people you want to know more about it's like you mentioned rachel and i i think there, her story could be a hell of a story especially you know the because now she's got this void of ben being gone in her life right well i i think you'll be uh i i think you'll be happy to uh to see some of the uh, early uh, chapters of book two, yeah. uh, which is finished, uh, it's 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 just about ready to go to the publisher. Uh, I was working on it all day today, <laughs> and uh, early on in book two, uh, which I believe is going to be titled Red River Reunion, mm. uh, I, I think that's what we're going to go with, uh, at least right now. Red River, uh, the uh, the boys. <laughs> Yeah, the the boys get back together, and the boys being Wes Payne and Luxton Danner find themselves uh, each on an independent assignment, but it turns out that they end up meeting up uh, together. And Rachel is uh, featured uh, early on in the book, and uh, I won't uh, give away why, because it's it's going to be a surprise to uh, my readers, but don't uh, I, I think you fellas will like it. Yeah, I, I won't. I think you'll like it, though, because uh, Rachel's story, yeah, she, she's got a story there, 
and uh, she'll she'll also her story will uh, surface in book three, which I've started. Outside, ah. outside of uh, uh, with book two in the can, as it were, and so you've started book three. So anything else on the horizon? Well, uh, book three is just fresh, freshly started, and uh, Gunslingers is book one of a planned trilogy mm-hmm. uh, that I had in mind. So I, I I had this you know connection with these characters. Uh, in a three-book trilogy. Uh, now, if 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 Gunslingers is is as popular as I believe it can be, and mm-hmm. and book two comes along and and is is successful, uh, then you know maybe it'll turn into a series. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love that. I absolutely would. But uh, as of right now, I'm I'm looking at a trilogy, and uh, and and book book three will be a, a bit different. Uh, book two is different from book one because of yeah, some yeah. things that happen to the characters and so forth. But uh, but yeah. So for right now, book three is is the uh, is the primary goal here to sort of wrap up the trilogy, if you will. But again, I'm watching I'm watching the popularity of Gunslingers really move up the ladder, and yeah. and I'm I'm well, so honored that. That it is. Well, I highly recommend it to anybody out there listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a good read, and even though, what is, let me look here real quick, like, and it's even though it's 328 pages, I went through it in. I used to go through a book a day. Now it generally takes me a couple weeks, but I went through this one in three days. Wow! Because uh, it was just like you know, I just kept going. I, I had plenty of time to read it, yeah. so I didn't like I had to rush for the yeah. show. Yeah. But I just, I just had kept going back to it because I said, oh, I, I want to want to know what's going on, what's going happening mm-hmm. next. Mark of a good storytelling, yes, yeah. certainly is. Yeah. And uh, all, 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 all the while you'll be uh, well. If you make enough money off of this, then you can retire from law enforcement, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I can I can get serious. Yeah, uh, yeah I can get serious about it, as they say. Yeah. So, yeah. You can you can turn into Lily Moore and turn and crank out a book a day, <laughs> or Johnny Boggs a book an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Chris Inus. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and the books, uh, uh, this book and uh, other books will be available at, or are available and will be available at Amazon, uh, as well as uh, some of the other fine book places like Barnes and Noble and such. Right? Do you have a Do you have a site that uh, yeah, people tell, could contact yeah, you what, if they yeah, wanted to sh- shameless check on shameless you? Uh, uh, plugs? Go for it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, you can find me at johnlanefiction.com, and you can also find me on Facebook. I've, I've got uh, a Facebook page on there uh, that uh, uh, you can get information on, and, of course, you can find Gunslinger links uh, at both of those sites. And uh, just uh, today, as a matter of fact, uh, I was uh, notified by my publisher that the ebook edition is now available uh, at both Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble and Ooh. your favorite bookstore. So, uh, for those uh, Kindle and Nook uh, book fans out there, uh, now the ebook is available uh, along with the uh, print edition. So, that's how I have to find it. I, I have no I have no space in my my abode for books. So it must be electronic. <laughs> uh, so I'll have to go back. Is and, there? Do you think there may be an audio book in the future? Hey. Yeah, I've I've had a number of people ask me about that. I would love to do an audio book, and uh, I'm working right now with uh, my publisher and my publicist in, in in maybe putting that together. Well, I think we could help you out with some of that stuff. <laughs> well, you know, Don Collier's available in case you didn't know. Don doesn't know it either, but. You know, I'm, I'd be more than happy to fake him for you, you know. All right, we're out of time. John, thank you so much for joining with uh, joining us uh, this afternoon. This has been a hoot. Yeah, really appreciate it. And good conversation. Damn good book. And uh, watch for more of them. Yes, they'll keep coming to you in your neighborhood uh, bookstore. 
All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. John Lane. Great conversation. All right. Yeah, have a great we'll, we'll afternoon. Do it, we'll do it again when the next one comes out, all right? That'll be fantastic. Excellent. I look forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. We're talking uh, with uh, John Lane, author of A Gunslinger, A Story of the Old West. Damn good story, by the way. That's it for this edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. What are we doing next show? I have no idea. We Uh, ain't got a clue. Ain't got no clue. Man, we'll figure out something. Mm, All we know is the sun will come up in the morning and go down at night. God, I hope so. (laughs) That's it for this edition. I hope we don't get stuck. Yeah, there you go. Adios, everybody. So Adios. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.